Hello and welcome back to In the Envelope, an awards podcast. I am, as always, your host, Jack Smart, the awards editor at Backstage, your guide to the acting industry and the most trusted name in casting. We are here to give you a behind-the-scenes look at some of the buzziest contenders for the small screen's biggest trophy, the Emmy Award. This season of In the Envelope is brought to you by HBO. You know, of course, I did it. The first couple of takes were waka waka. Here comes the Pepsi. Look at me. You know, theater folk. You know, then he was like, okay, no. Jamie, are you there? I am here. <laughs> You're here in my headphones. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, listeners, welcome uh, to In the Envelope. We were just visited by a, a very funny. We just had a very funny guest on this podcast, as you will soon hear. A hurricane how, blew through the studio. Yeah. <laughs> a force of nature. How was that, Jamie? How did that... It was wonderful. How did that interview... I don't really know. Okay, good. That was podcast gold. Okay, good. Because I was in it, and I don't even know really... I can't even... Of course, I can remember what we talked about, but like, not really sure how it's going to read. Um, we were joined by Jackie Hoffman, who is just a legend mm-hmm. uh, for those who know her from the New York theater scene and from... Her stand-up and her sketch comedy and her improv and her... She's just the funniest lady. She's a great Jewish broad. And um, as we talked about here uh, with her, and um, we talked about her run on Feud. She's finally an Emmy. She's an Emmy-nominated actor now. Isn't isn't she well-deserving of, of such a title? Absolutely. It's, about, it's so. about time that everyone figured out who she is. And she's a breath of fresh air in that. Oh, that. she, yes. In every you room she's in. But <laughs> Call her that because she is frank and yes. she is candid. And honestly, I, I, I need that. I want that in my interviewees. I want that in my interviews that I read about actors because often they're tiptoeing around what, what they really mean. And Jackie Hoffman is really, really uh, forthcoming about her, uh, for example, hatred of children, which... <laughs> We did talk about, which kind of is relevant to her work. She's currently starring in Broadway's uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, one of her many uh, Broadway and stage credits. She's just a laugh riot. I, I this Most of this episode is going to be me laughing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great for all the children haters out there. <laughs> yeah. For They're any children listening to our podcast, sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that you can make me sound a little bit less, like, hysterical in this interview because... Uh, this was a wild ride. This is really a trip. I don't think there's anything that we can do or say to prepare our audience for Jackie Hoffman. <laughs> exactly. So I think, I think we exactly. need to just go straight into it. We're going to go straight into it. Let's take a short break and then introduce our guest, Emmy nominee, Jackie Hoffman. This episode is brought to you by HBO's original drama series, Westworld. Westworld is a dark odyssey about the dawn of artificial consciousness and the evolution of sin. Set at the intersection of the near future and the reimagined past, it explores a world in which every human appetite can be indulged. Vanity Fair calls it a rare kind of transporting television, beautifully acted and intricately written, for your Emmy consideration in outstanding drama series and all other categories. Jackie Hoffman is an actor, singer, stand-up comedian, cabaret artist, and all-around funny lady who recently charmed audiences on FX's miniseries, Feud, Betty and Joan. 
New York theater audiences and Chicago comedy audiences have known her for years, her brand of very honest comedy. Here it is, our interview with the one and only Jackie Hoffman. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. Congratulations on your Emmy nomination. Thank you. It's so huge. How does it feel? Like it's crazy. Yeah. Great, crazy. Yeah, good. I can't wait to hear about um, Mama Sita um, because she's she's amazing, and I feel like most like mainstream audiences are discovering who you are through this character. But those of us in the New York theater community have known you for years and yeah. cherished you for years. Save it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. First of all, how did you how did you get involved? Were you given the role? Are we on the air? Are we on the air? Yes, yes. we all Oh, great. They start. Look, they started and they didn't tell us. That's, That's right. smooth. We're smooth. We're kind of easing in. Yeah, you can like call a, it that. Like a swimming pool. <laughs> More like a hot bath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Soapy bubbles. Don't you do a welcome to? Oh, we, open the envelope sure. or whatever the hell this is called. <laughs> in the envelope? In the envelope. Or in the envelope? The envelope, please. The envelope, please. The winner is La La Land. <laughs> um, welcome, Jackie Hoffman. Thank you. Emmy nominee Jackie Hoffman. Yay! In the envelope. Yeah! We at Backstage are such huge fans of yours. Aw. <laughs> um, I used to look at the backstage for open calls. Oh, wonderful. 43 years ago. <laughs> what kind of stuff did you go out for? I only did one open call. Oh. Oh, no, I did two. I did one for Steve Allen wrote a com- comedy review called Sammy Glick is Alive But Sick. Okay. Oh, wow. And we, everybody got like one bar to sang, and I don't even think they got to me. I think I oh. even got typed out of the comedy review. And then I got typed out by a casting director named Joanna Merlin for, was it Merrily or something? It, it might have been Merrily We Roll Along. It was something. I remember uh-huh. just her looking at a picture, looking at my headshot and looking at me and shaking her head and saying, mm, I don't think so, Jackie. She said that to you? Correct. Ugh. But then one time when I couldn't do, uh, what the hell show is it? The Good Wife. I got oh, offered uh-huh. a, The Good Wife, and it was a great part, and it was a huge chunk of money, and the producer of Adam's Family wouldn't let me out to do it. Oh. And then they hired Joanna Merlin. Oh. So I think so. <laughs> so you see, she was picking up my scraps. <laughs> right, right. Wow. The, I, I've asked a lot of actors their audition horror story. Is that is that the one? Did you audition horror oh, story through backstage? Or? God, there were so many audition horror stories. Past tense. There were I, so many. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Now nobody asked me to audition for anything. <laughs> so, yeah. When I used to go on them. Uh-huh. Is that true that your the auditioning days are over? And is that a good thing? No. Some things are offers, and that's a great thing. But, you know, I recently went out for two films and I didn't get either one of them. Uh-huh. And it's killing me because one was a Long Island Jewish person okay. and one was another pushy yeah. relative. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Yeah. Emmy nominee doesn't mean we're going to cast you. <laughs> Means you're going to sit at home, but sit home as an Emmy nominee. Right. Now, right. I, once I tell this story off and I told it in a solo show, actually, when I crashed an audition, which was probably the oh. worst thing I've ever. I mean, it's trauma. And then I not only crashed it, 
but I sang really badly uh -huh. and I chose poor material and I'm like, uh -huh. okay, well, that bridge is permanently burned. They'll never call me again. Uh-huh. That happens. I've, le I've left a trail of burned bridges in my wake <laughs> and no amount of Emmy nominees or <laughs> awards will yeah. repair it. Yeah. Well, and that trauma, I mean, we're here to, we're here to hear that trauma. I think backstage. Thanks. Backstage I thought you were going to say you were here to soothe that trauma <laughs> and help you work through that, Jackie. You're like, no, we're here to hear that trauma, Give lady. All of your Bring it. <laughs> I think that backstage, that listeners to this podcast who are working actors would, would love to hear. Do working actors listen to this podcast? I hope so. It's a new podcast. We're working on it. Okay. You said uh, you get offers. Is that true for? Huh! For feud, <laughs> you were offered Mama Not Sita. many, not many offers. <laughs> uh, Let it also be noted that you are currently starring in a Broadway show. Yes, which you was God love them an offer after like nine freaking workshops. Oh, in really? This thing. Oh. But yeah, but some people had to. Some people who had done the workshop still had to audition for their roles, and I was one of the fortunate who did not have to audition for a role that I had played. I guess they didn't want to endure the experience. Of, of sitting you. at a table and having me walk in a room. <laughs> so that worked for everybody. Great. Yeah, but yeah, feud yeah. was, I'm still not clear how that came about because I know Ryan had worked with me before and I know mm -hmm. he's loyal, but then I heard from other sources that he didn't know that they snuck me in and it might have been Tim Minear, the writer. But, oh. you know, everybody wants to take credit for discovering Mamacita. But I have a feeling it was, you know, agreed combo across the board. And then I went on tape and it was supposed to be a local hire. And then I thought nothing of it. And I left going, yeah, good luck with your local hire, guys. <laughs> right. And then when you first read it, you didn't know that it was I didn't Joan know Crawford. because Crawford, uh, did I know the name of the project? I might have known the name of the project. But it was kept top secret. And Ryan's you know? very wisely secretive about sure. it. Yeah. And Miss Craw the word Crawford was turned changed to Rexford. And Rexford, the character okay. wasn't named Mamacita at that point, who's Mamacita's the real person. Right. This character was named like some German name like Ingrid or Ilsa. Okay. And that was all you kinda had. That's as what clues. I knew. And you knew it was a Ryan Murphy project or I don't remember. That's so interesting. So you're given a script and it, it says local hire and you have no idea what it is and you know that she's German and not much else? Correct. And that she's an assistant, I, I guess. A housekeeper, a yeah. A housekeeper. And did you construct a full character for that? Did you invent? You create circumstances or? Circumstances? <laughs> a backstory? Yeah, I'm walking in from outside into the audition. What was the <laughs> weather like? You know. <laughs> No, I didn't create circumstances. I created in my head local hire. F off. That's what I created in my head. Yeah, yeah. Can you say f on the oh, backstage certainly. podcast? Oh, please. Okay, yes, good. Please. That's what's good about podcasts. We need to, yeah. Let's foul this podcast up. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm a gut actress. I just, mm. you know, I see, okay, German housekeeper. I look at the dialogue. I'm like, okay. Interesting. And for those auditions, I mean, how... Do you over prepare? Maybe that's why I don't of... book a lot. <laughs> no. Like, seriously, no. I mean, maybe that's why. But, you know. Do you memorize? Do you, are you off book? Often. Okay. But in terms of like digging deep and creating a whole backstory, that's not part of I the don't process. even, after I get a gig, I don't do that. Oh, interesting. And so, what does that mean, gut actor? Like, what does that entail? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, external, I'll do what little research you could do. What's available on the character, of course, I'll look at. Uh -huh. And um, circumstances like 
exteriors help, externals, the wig, the look, mm. the glasses, the uniform, the period. Mm. Uh, German helped a lot. The dialogue. I mean, for me, a lot of the work is in the script. Sure. And that's true for, for any role? That that's kind of the process you go through? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Too? Yeah, I mean, and this was... I've played very few actual people that have existed, you know, and this uh, is an actual person that did exist, but there was very little information about her. So after but I'd that seen first, pictures of her, and I... Uh-huh, and she's mentioned in Joan's book... My Way of Life, which, which I have actually had read. Right? Amazing. And yes, there's a YouTube thing. Christine Petty sent me a YouTube link where she's... Reading it on an album. Oh, my. Yeah, she reads. It's, oh. Yeah, it's kind of great. My way of life for the blind, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. that's so, I need to hear that. I like a sunny day. I open the window and take a good breath of air, you know. Oh, I think you should have been cast as Joan Crawford. It, yeah. <laughs> and is it true that, the who is the original Mamacita? What do we know about her? First of all, her original maiden name is Hoffman. Hoffman crazy, yes. Crazy. Um, Anna Marie Brinker and a young gentleman who helped me after the we finished filming. But he he has a project, a Facebook page called the Concluding Chapter of Crawford. And he knows he could have played it. Uh, he knows more about her than anybody. Hmm. And he showed me a letter of resignation. He has the Mama Sita letter of resignation. Oh, wow. yeah. She signed it, Mama. He has a letter where she thanks Joan for throwing her a birthday party. Oh. Um, she had nine children. Yeah. Um, Fully grown by the time she... Um, Right, right. Was she had an empty German nest. Uh huh. So, she uh, and she barely knew English. That right? that he said is correct. So those were the liberties we took. So I, I had the accent, but then I'd found out after, yeah, that she mostly spoke German. So I guess they must have had a signal system. Uh huh. Clean, clean. <laughs> right. And apparently she got down on her hands and knees to clean, and that was hands what Joan knees Crawford. Knees, right. Right. That's what Joan like was. Attracted to her. Yes. Yeah. As, and as, and Ryan loved the handsies kneesies too. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole scene that she did with Judy Davis about as she explains how she got the name Mamacita because that's the big, biggest mystery, but they cut it. Oh. A lot of Mamacita stuff was cut. Uh, oh, interesting. And so what is the, the origin of the name Mamacita? That Joan was on a trip to, was it Rio de Janeiro? Uh -huh. And um, she just heard, I heard Mamacita, Papacita, Cousin Sita, you know, and I just... I called out Mama Sita, and I said, Ja, ich ka mink, and then it stuck. <laughs> and the line, Judy Davis had a great line, Why do you call her Mama Sita? Can't you see she's a kraut? Oh, the 60s. Yeah, well, yeah, and Hedda Hopper was a big, a big Jew hater also, I think. Oh, really? Oh, what really? I hear. And, and do we know if Mama Sita was herself? A Jew hater? A Jew? Well, she's German. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. But she could have been Jewish, maybe. She could have been right? Jewish. I th originally thought that she spelled Hoffman with two Fs and one N, but now I see it was with two Ns. So she two might N's. have been full kraut. But however, she does. She did lose two brothers in the war. And she looked, she tried uh, to find out what happened to them, and she never found oh, out. Oh, weird. Okay. And then... Was she in the U.S. this whole time? No. She wasn't in the, U the U.S. during the war, so we don't know. Uh, we don't know. Just like all Germans at that time, that chapter of their life is kept very <sighs> yeah. quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she could have been standing at a crematorium going, woo-hoo! <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, 
But so you, you're saying you as an actor, you focus a little bit less on all of that. You do that research and the whatever I can when it's a real person, whatever I can. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. mostly, you know, my what like, again, what what is my what does my gut tell me and what does the Mm -hmm. script tell me? And a lot of that is the the costuming and the makeup. Right. And the wigs. Yeah, and the the whole the whole period which was created so brilliantly in feud. Yeah. I mean, it's the most gorgeous looking. So gorgeous, yeah. Down to the, uh, I mean, uh, I feel like we're I in just so Hollywood. like I kept. I mean, and I realized how how penetrating it was and how it stayed with me. These you know the prop department mm. and the set department, the magnificent job they did with every you know, and how Ryan is so meticulous about this stuff and the payoff. To be able to touch the 1962 bobby pin box mm. and the de- i mean mm. every detail and it helps you're like oh it my god help. it's 1962 right now cool even on set with all the cameras and all the, the hustle and yeah it was the... a different world interesting because i'm always and, so fascinated yeah, by yeah and jessica of course right you know you're not working with a slouch you're like okay <laughs> no. this is joan crawford get ready yeah, and when necessary, get out of Crawford. there. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, yeah, how much of the performance for you was was gauging when to quote unquote get out of there, and right. when or well, were you kind script, of allowed? If the script maintained that I was had to be there, you know, yeah. I had to be there and take it. Uh huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sometimes you had to literally take it with vases being thrown at your face. Correct. Yeah, which were actually thrown at you by Jessica Lang. Correct. Right. Yes. Which was terrifying, or oh, terrifying. <laughs> I, I mean, imagine. I'm I'm particular since you know, having one blind eye and badly playing volleyball in gym class. Okay. Anything like coming at my head? Yeah, you know, it's like a child. You weren't injured, were you? You weren't hurt. No, one time she did clip me on the shoulder blade, and I was hurt. Oh my! Yeah, oh. and the of course they love that take the best. Great reaction, you know, and I'm up the stairs crying. Oh no! Nobody cared. <laughs> oh, no, I cannot imagine what that's like to work with. Not just Jessica Lange, but Jessica Lange as Joan Crawford I, throwing right? things at you. I mean, I know you... I'm still shaking my head like I can't yeah. believe this was my life. Yeah, unzipping her dress. I mean, it was yeah. craziness. Was it ever like an out of body experience? The whole right, the whole thing wow. is you can't. You know, and then I'm sitting and I would turn to her occasionally. Okay, I always think about in Francis when the studio was really black and then you kicked open the door and there was like a huge wash Mm. of sunlight came in. You know, she's, oh, yes, yes. But I tried (laughs) to have do very little of that with her because I had to often I'm like, I can't like I can't rehash her career in my head when I'm sitting next to her. It's just too overwhelming. Sure. But she her portrayal was I there were no words. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I wonder too, like, was because it's Ryan Murphy, and I feel like he's someone who understands camp and the art, the kind of value and artistry of camp. I wonder if you looked at what you saw on the page for Mamacita, and she she really doesn't have that many lines. She doesn't actually have that Don't many I moments. Don't I know it? <laughs> right. And so, were you? Did he then say or give you kind of permission to really go for it and really? Maybe even he, ham it well, up. Ryan is kind of anti-camp with, oh, with this show. He didn't want it to go there because gotcha. it had such potential to go there. That's why he got 
you know, not that Jessica would do that, but he didn't want this wire hanger uh-huh. stereotype sure. thing. A drag So, act. like, he yeah. had her, you know, really loving her grandchildren. Mm. He made sure he just went away from all that. And Jessica wanted to go away from that, too. Mm-hmm. And Susan didn't do this. Peter, Peter, Betty. You know, he didn't yeah. want that either. She had a slight inflection mm-hmm. once in a while. You know, he wanted to go away from all that. And, and the first day of shooting when I handed uh, Jessica a Pepsi bottle for four hours. Yeah. He, you know, of course I did it. The first couple of takes were waka waka, here comes the Pepsi, look at me. <laughs> you know, theater folk. You know, and he was like, totally. okay, no, she's German. <laughs> Everything is with a sense of purpose. So, you know. Oh, she gave that note. Hand that... her the f-ing Pepsi bottle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that cool. really much dictated, like, okay, I see what this is. Interesting. How many times did he give notes like that? Or did, were the director's... Um, they didn't did i get a smaller i got from one from liza johnson i finally got my sarcastic of the season could you be a little bigger oh you know and i said okay insult me yeah really it's not enough what i have to put up with just insult me yeah and so what how do you hand someone a pepsi for four hours that's television ask any actor (laughs) who's done film or television that's what it is you open a door for four hours you shut a trunk for four hours that's what it is. And it seems like an especially kind of thankless role with your lu- you literally lugging luggage and opening doors. and Right. No, I got, I mean, obviously Emmy nominated. I eventually got, there was payoff and there was a lot of deliciousness. And God bless those writers when they yeah. saw they could mine something ah, here. Mm-hmm. And it told us a lot about Joan to have this person because it was such a, she Absolutely. turned out to be so crucial in her life. But there was a lot of like stage direction you know mama seat to hands beverage and leaves yeah I'm like oh it'll be one of those it's a little discouraging yeah, yeah so yeah. you know it's it's you know five months of like three days of handing beverages five days off you know there was a lot of that uh, shit stretch yeah. over the five months and i'm like i'm gonna kill myself yeah. and then you'd have like juicy meat and then you would you know once i saw the gestalt once i saw how the whole thing was put together yeah. i'm like okay gotcha. and you know the voters saw it too exactly and so the juicy meat like let's get let's get into it she mama sita does have this arc and she is kind of revealed to be a feminist which in 1963 hollywood is a rare crazy thing like where do you think that came from in the script or in the character her- in the per- woman herself I like to think that a lot of it did come from the character because mm-hmm. as I figure she had nine freaking children. Yeah. You know, her yeah. husband died and she um, she took a job. She wanted to work, you know. Uh-huh. She came to, a, you know, she was in a country that wasn't her country. Yeah. Um, she supported, she was with a career woman. She enabled, mm. helped enable this woman to have the career that she had. Yeah. So I think she was really behind it. And then, of course, Ryan, God love him, and the writers, yeah. you know, made this whole, like, early on, he said, wait, do you see episode four? Wait, it's yeah. so cool. She's going to speak <laughs> on behalf of women in film. And, mm. like, so that was a great opportunity. Totally. And like you're saying, it was not, it, it was a really, really fun show, but it's very much a show that's first and foremost interested in real issues that still face Hollywood, women in Hollywood today, women of a certain right, age in it's Hollywood still, today. Right, I mean, look what's happening with diversity. Look what's mm-hmm. happening with people of color. Yep. Look what's, you know, I'm so glad that this is being spoken about. Yeah. My next goal is to narrow it from women to character women because that's an even, that's something I've struggled right. with my whole life. I mean, I would love to ask about that too because I always wonder, 
different character actors have a different take on what that term means. Right. And like, I, think, I think the whole field is disappearing for women. Oh, you know, okay. just like it is in life, you know, men, you know, from anchormen to politicians to everything, yeah. you know, men can be the men can be paunchy and mm. and and ugly and older and still be the ones who get laid. Right. And still be beloved. Still have still all be... this work and all these roles. And, you know, for women, it's always been for, you know, not pretty women. It's always been a struggle. The plus side is that when the pretty women age. You know, which is, I think, what Susan and Jessica are dealing right, with right. when the beauty fades, you know, like those two aren't still f-ing gorgeous. Oh That's God, what kills so me. Gorgeous. Oh, look at Susan and Jessica <laughs> complaining about aging. Right. If I look like Susan does at f-ing 70, oh, if I look 70. like that now, <laughs> I know. I'd be dating She's Ashton stunning. Kutcher. She's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they're both amazingly beautiful. Totally. But, um, but you know, they're right. It's it, right. It, it, this whole it reflects the the. The business reflects what's going on in society. Right. If you're if you're old, f- you get out of here. Totally, and it's not then like your it's, talent yeah, is disappearing. Yeah, but for a character actress, old is a you know at least old is a good thing. However, I, I think that's what it was traditionally like going back in the fifties and sixties in television, okay. especially in seventies and still eighties. But now, uh, you know that whole character thing I think is diminishing. You know, no one has mm. a parent. If someone has a mother, they're 30. If someone has a grandmother, they're 35. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Yeah. The the people pointed out that in the many different Spider-Man movies, Aunt May, she always gets younger and younger with each. Right. Each movie. Hi, I'm Aunt May. <laughs> I, I, I'm Aunt May. <laughs> that's Hollywood. That's, yeah. That's happening. And that's why shows like Feud are, are are so great yes. in providing those opportunities, but in actually starting that conversation. Right. And, and like important, as my agent floor. said. She's so cute. She was so excited. She was like, and it's it's important, Jackie. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Is that the foremost reason to do, to take a gig? Or are you taking no, a gig? No, the foremost to... reason to take a gig is that you get a gig. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I'm not at a picky, choosy stage. Well, and that's always a question I have for for successful actors like sh- do you recommend oh, is that me i'm a successful yes, actor of okay good <laughs> you've been on broadway countless you have a jeff award you have a, a jeff award. award yeah that's catapulting it me. really is I think. no offense jeff committee thank you very much i'm honored to get your award <laughs> um the advice kind of can go both ways it's either a take everything that you can get or be more discerning and say no to stuff that you don't agree with or that doesn't quite fit or yes which of those are you? Well, you now I'm gonna take everything, and the manager uh-huh. doesn't like it too much because he's like wants me to be more picky. I see. This is a bad deal. Don't take this. Oh. Although there's things I shouldn't say that because there is shit that I don't. I'm like no. Uh-huh. I'm like oh again with the like I just like something that else was a local hire. Like oh you want me to fly myself out to L.A. Uh-huh. and put myself up in a hotel? No. Okay. Yeah. You have certain criteria that you're not gonna. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not like a turning your nose down type of thing. It's not a, oh, I'm... No, not at all. You know, if you offered me the courtesy, of course I would. Right. You know, and what are you going to... If you, if, you, if you thumb your nose at bad material, you're not going to work a lot. Yeah, but I've been, I've been incredibly fortunate. I mean, there's like, what have I done that's like, oh my God, that was so freaking embarrassing. I mean, you know, I've been so lucky. Absolutely. Well, and I also feel like you have done so much of your own work and you've created your own one-woman shows and... and you're a legend at Joe's Pub and Aww. all over. And I know that a lot of that came from just your background in comedy. Like this, 
It, were those shows considered stand-up? What is the line between stand-up and solo shows for you? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I do a kind of a unique solo show in that mm -hmm. I do, you know, funny numbers. Mm -hmm. And the, my director, Michael Shirelli, makes sure that it's much more integrated and much more theatrical. Yeah. So it's... Storytelling. It's a... People want to put it... Label and put it in a box. Oh, so it's cabaret. But then the... Which I love the thought that it's cabaret, but unfortunately people hear cabaret and they think that, you know, it's like, down with love. This is my favorite song by, you know, it's and it's my shit's not like that at all. Yeah. My shit's like, you know, funny and yeah. scathing and mean and dirty and... But, and personal, But I like right? to keep it personal and I like to keep it musical. So mm -hmm. it's cabaret stand-up combo platter. Sure. Like I'm still not hip enough for the stand-up world. Oh, okay. But I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not in that. Well, other cabaret, that other cabaret world. I'm not thumbing my nose at that other cabaret world. No, right. But that it's not me. I've heard that too. That that especially the word cabaret does kind of put people in a box or puts them in a mindset. Yeah. That's, but, but if you think of old German cabaret, like where it originated, that's a very cool box. But yeah, that's, now that's become kind of a downtown weird. You know. Yeah. Piano and and. Like you're saying, like a, a little bit of a right, but jazz. the cool, unusual stuff still exists. Sure, sure. And so that did that all stem from Second City training? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How long were you with Were you with Second City in Chicago? Um, eight years. Wow. And that was sketch, sketch and improv, or sketch and improv. And the sketches are written through improv. When you first get there, you do cool. other people's old material. You tour. And you do other people's old material, and then you um, improvise. Yeah. And then when you're on a resident company, uh -huh. one of their stage companies in Chicago, then you create your own material for your own shows through improvisation. I see. And so the eight years on the tail end of that, you had your own show shows. Yeah, for the last few years. Uh -huh. I could have gotten out of there sooner, but I wasn't ambitious. Oh. So I waited till something got me out. And you were enjoying it. I assume. Yeah, no, it was a yeah. great gig. Yeah. It's and invaluable. So when, you say, when you say got out, did you move to New York? I Yes. Uh, Amy Sedaris with her brother David Sedaris mm -hmm. had written a play with a role for me. And then so I was like, okay, out, so going back to New York. Yeah, amazing. And then you were here and you just became a regular. You became a, I think, Whatever I legend. became, yeah. that's what I became. <laughs> and, it, and was Broadway also a big goal? Of course, that was that was almost an unheard of. Like, well, that would be nice, and then yeah. it happened eventually. Because I feel like as uh, someone with a background in Second City, the goal is like maybe Saturday Night Live, or like you're saying, like if you're going the stand-up route, then you go the stand-up route. Right, and that wasn't. I knew SNL was like I. They didn't. SNL would look at Second City people constantly, and they never yeah. saw. They were had no interest in seeing me. Oh. <laughs> None. Zero. Wow. Yeah. That's... No, I was like, you know, like Nathan once said, no one wants to talk to Ethel Merman, you know. So I think they oh, thought yeah. thought of me as older, more too traditional, <sighs> too Charlotte Ray, too uh, theatrical, too unfuckable, too musical. You know, they had no interest in me. Interesting. Yeah. But Broadway. Broadway, you know, was the right fit. Yeah. That was the right fit. Yeah, yeah. And so you did, and Hairspray was the debut. Yes. Right? Amazing. 
And you won a Theater World uh, Theater World Award for that Well, I think anyone who makes a debut gets a Theater World Award, don't they? <laughs> no, not everyone. All right. Yes, I won a Theater World Award. <laughs> and you, I mean, it just continues to this day. Are you? Tell us about Mrs. Is it TV? TV? Yeah, Mrs. TV. TV. Yeah. Which I won't have the strength to do this afternoon by the time <gasps> I get out of here. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're not ruining your voice. Yeah. The four numbers I have can to I do. Can I come to today's show? Can you what? And can I come to today's show? And yeah, you want to sit row? with 1,500 children? You come Ooh, to today's show. You'll have a great time. I know how much you love children. It's so funny that you're in a, ch- a kid-friendly yes, show Yes, right isn't now. it? Aren't you always kind of in kid-friendly Broadway shows? Well, Xanadu. And, Maybe not Xanadu. Uh, um, Hairspray was more family. This is more family, but this is particularly... Uh-huh. It's not written to be particularly kid friendly, but uh-huh. unfortunately, commercially, it's become sure. it is. That's what it is. Yeah, in the way that Roald Dahl is kind of dark. Yeah, no, kinda... we keep the dark. It's yeah. pretty f-ing cool. Oh, we those keep Oompa the dark, are which is good. Terrifying. Walking on their knees. Yeah, with their you did this. Knives. These children get destroyed, and it, it's <laughs> the best part of my day. You love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love it. Um, that's amazing. Um, we should get to some acting advice. Audition advice. Oh, God. I, no. <laughs> I really hate that shit. I don't have any advice. Why but, not? you know, why do people always want to ask? <laughs> working oh. actors want to know. I think working actors, you know, especially with the comedy, cabaret, musical theater aspiration type of background, they want to hear from Jackie Hoffman. No, they don't. Yes, they do. <laughs> what's, your, what's the one piece of advice that uh. you would give yourself? If you could go back in time. To give myself? Yes, your younger <laughs> self. <laughs> My younger self. Oh, boy. That's like a real that's it's self-help, self-love affirmation bullshit. <laughs> if you could speak to child Jackie. <laughs> uh, I, I'd say chill the f*** out and don't be mm. so hysterical. Ah, mm-hmm. That's excellent advice. You were hysterical about... The, everything in life. The, I just had histrionics and was a mental case. Everything. And then I turned, you know, I was a mental case in front of the wrong people. Oh. Yeah. The, you mean Crying in front of casting people. directors oh, and God. agents and shit. Oh, and, God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But, but, but here you are. Here I am. Like we said at the crying beginning. Crying like, in front of a higher class. Right, right. Like the trauma that you experienced in audition rooms, it, it gets you to where you, you end up. It's like the path that you're supposed to take, right? I guess so. Yeah. Backstage wisdom. Backstage wisdom from backstage. What about what about the audition room process do actors need to know about? Is that also a chill the f- out kind of thing? Yeah. I mean the hard. great thing about getting older is that things don't matter as much. But um God, audition room. What do I know about an audition room? I've failed so many times. I guess, but that in and you know, of it's is like helpful. now what's happening with the government and the world. I used to think that people running the government and the world were smarter than me, and now I realize mm. they're not. Mm-mm. And so you, it's the same. Oh, cool. Yeah, with people on the other side of the casting table. Right. Yeah. Oh God, we we could certainly talk about the current state of the. No, world let's not. And how it <laughs> how it overlaps with the I usually world. don't talk about it but I just thought of that like wow you get older and you're like well, I always thought you know you like you when you're a kid and the way you see teachers totally you know? the people who are in charge right it's not right, until right, later right. when you realize oh, like, oh my god too. and maybe they're super the people in charge flawed. are no more competent than I am yeah which is sometimes a scary thought yes 
Yeah. I think actors do forget that casting directors are, are just people. Yeah. And they they want you to be the solution to their problem of finding. That's a great. Role. I hope so. I'll take that advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Someone one time when I sat when SAG used to have to fly you first class. Oh. And it was a, a, a it was a flight out to L.A. for a final audition for a pilot that I got, but it never went anywhere. Uh-huh. But um, I sat next to a therapist or a psychologist on the plane, and he told me he said make make yourself be you be the type of person that they're gonna want to love to work with. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in, the, in those days, you'd give an old-fashioned phone number, and uh-huh. I called the landline at his hotel, probably. Oh, Because when see. I booked it, and he, I had the psychiatrist oh, cool. number at the hotel, and I called the psychiatrist, and it was Just like a screen. He, I guess he was screening because he knew it was me. But I said, hi, I sat next to you on the plane, and wow. you gave me advice about that audition. Well, I got it, and then I hear him pick up the phone. Congratulations! That's great! Oh, my God. Yeah, it was so this sweet. The stranger. Wow. Yeah. That's so nice. But I that stu- stuck with me. Yeah. You know, be that cool person mm-hmm. that they want to work with. And that's not a it's not an acting exercise to do that, right? Like that's just you you have to be your genuine self, the collaborative. Right. It's tough. Fun. Right. Yeah, for me it is an acting exercise because sometimes mm. myself is like a miserable f- you, you know, but you <laughs> have to you can't bring that into the room. Sure. Because you need to be a collaborator and you want to be someone that they want to work with for right. in the case of a Broadway show, you're working with them for eight, eight times a week and you want to make sure that you're compatible. Yeah, that's excellent advice. Unless you're a big star and worth a lot of money and you can afford to be an asshole. But no, no, no people starting out are in that position. Speaking of um, Joan Crawford. Wow. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what the truth is? I've also heard that you're actually Team Betty. Was that true? That if you had to pick a side between the two, <laughs> between the two feuding? No, oh, no, I, I was a fan of. Wow, that jarred me. No, I was a, I was a fan of her films. I was more familiar oh. with her films oh, uh-huh. than oh, yeah, Jones' yeah, yeah. films. But I've seen both. In terms of but the yeah, if I had feud. to pick, I think Betty was the better actress. I yeah, I think so too. I always think of that scene in Feud where she she says, "What was it like to be the most beautiful woman?" Right, in the world? right. That's a gorgeous scene. Gorgeous, and she's playing it. Susan's playing it kind of straight-faced, and yeah. she says it oh, was wonderful. Oh, God, the two of them. I, I know. There's I an can't. amazing scene where the two of them also are saying, after you, no, after you, uh, no, after you. Ah, yes. And what was your, you just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> That's your line. Yes, that was my invention. Oh, your invention. The only way oh, I could get sound. And you roll your eyes, epic eye roll, and yes. you march past them. Amazing. It's yeah, really an amazing fun. performance. It's an amazing show. Yeah, being able to stand between the two of them, like right. the OK Corral. Yeah, well, I just love that the idea that it was an out-of-body experience for you the whole time. Yeah, how could it not be? Totally. And you're trying not to... And you can't go there. No. Especially so with Jessica. It's too unbelievable. Right. Thank you for joining us. I know you got to get to your matinee. I don't want to keep you for longer No, than, you know I can't wait noon. to get at those children. Yes. I just love that you're you're performing for those children. Is it really a disdain? Like a karmic Does punishment. it fuel the performance? My hatred? Yeah. Does it inspire you? Uh, yeah, it gives me a little energy. Uh-huh. What inspires you? Wow, what a question. What inspires you? The f- fact that you're not going to get your check unless you go downstairs and <laughs> sing for these 1,500 people. 
Yeah. The cast inspires me. I really like that frankness, though, because that is true, that the paycheck is a big, that's yeah, a you know, it's a job. huge influencer. Exactly. What are you if not an actor who's just getting, who's, wants the job for the, for the sake of the job? Yeah. Isn't that what we all are? Sure. And, and the Emmy nomination is a wonderful bonus. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, congratulations again. Icing on the outer body cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wonderful. All right, let's get you out of here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you so much, Jackie, for joining us. I truly hope you are listening. Uh, I I mean, is she? Do we think she is? Jackie. I I mean, we can say what we want (laughs) if she's not going to hear it. (laughs) She's coming on. Thank you so much for joining us, Jackie. There was She really has some really frank, uh, really candid things to say to actors. And I think actors need to hear that, especially the those in the musical theater and then in the comedy. And she's just all over the place. I'm so pleased that she's nominated for an Emmy. It's very, very well deserved. But this, this one isn't for any child actors. So uh, we apologize. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> no children. You know, we should have said this at the beginning yeah. of the show. Child actors, avoid Jackie. I mean, you know, she's just... She's very honest about her opinions, and for that, I I applaud her. Well, when you grow up to be an adult, you can be a child hater too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking of brilliant uh, Emmy Award-nominated actors, I'm wondering if we should just kind of give like a tease or a preview of who's to come on In the Envelope, because we do really have some, some very exciting guests already in the bag. I think that people better... Uh, tune in next week, uh, early next week, because you're going to want to hear this one really badly. Uh, he's a really good man. He's a really good man, yes. Um, it's all good oh. with this guy. And uh, Bob Odenkirk will be joining us next week. <laughs> and we're thrilled. We're really we're really thrilled and honored that he uh, he's such a brilliant guy. And jack of all trades uh he's got a really a lot of really great advice for actors writers producers directors etc 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 so please join us next week and hit that subscribe button to in the envelope uh, and feel free to leave us a review jamie should we roll credits time for credits i think yeah and a rest <laughs> and a rest <laughs> yeah go 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 nap <laughs> Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe for more interviews from the front lines of the 2017 Emmy race. In the Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City. Thanks, as always, to producer Jamie Muffet. You can follow him on Twitter at JamieMusicNYC. I am Jack Smart. You can follow me on Twitter at JackSmartWrites. Thank you to the team at Backstage, a.k.a. the most trusted name in casting, Peter Rappaport, Ryan Remstad, Jesse Balashak, Francis Ramos, Rowan Al-Khatib, and especially the exquisite Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another glimpse in the envelope. I hope that there's a future season of Feud that features Jackie Hoffman versus... Yeah. Maybe we should feature like a, a feud that you've had, like an actual feud that you've had with someone. Children. Jackie Hoffman versus children. (laughs) That's a great idea. (laughs) Um.